With a bad foot pumped up Because statistics are the best The barefoot punter Because you don't need footwear to bet Back to the barefoot punter. I'm your host as always, The Mug, your co-host, The Logical One. We take our inspiration from the barefoot investor, but instead of giving you investment advice, we're here to give you a bit of betting advice on the 2021 AFL and NRL season. And it's a big welcome back to the program, to The Logical One. Thanks, Mug. Once again, it's all happening in COVID. COVID blocking going on everywhere. Games are being moved again. Teams are getting out of Sydney. Just uh, a couple of hours ago, they've moved the uh, Giants game down to the MCG, which would be really handy for your Hawks. Actually, we'll make that game a bit more of an interesting game. Won't be able to quite talk about it on tonight because there haven't hasn't been an updated prices on the on on the uh, on the websites of the bookies. But um, nevertheless, one to look out for later in the week. And then we've got the Pope and State of Origin. That oh, we love oh. that. We, uh, we definitely love that. And uh, at this point, we'll go over and say hello to the Pope and also a big happy birthday to the Pope. Yeah, thanks. Thanks very much, Mug. It's getting the stage in life where birthdays need to fly on the radar, not be celebrated. But uh, it was nice. Went out to Regional Victoria. Just gave back to the community out there a little bit in COVID times, Mug, that's um, reinvesting the money. So it was nice to get away. Now, I imagine you didn't go out there by yourself, Pope. It was yourself and the lovely. Is that correct? Yeah, the better half, um, me and the better half went out there to just sort of have a bit of, bit of one-on-one time. Muggles, well, it was, it was uh, nice to get out of that, metropolitan Melbourne. That leads me into the next question because you did mention someone special to you in, on a recent episode and you mentioned the cats don't feed themselves. So who fed the cats? No, they, they had to go with uh, into a cat boarding facility, as we'll term it, Mug, but um, they're back. They're back this evening and um, they're very affectionate. They're very happy to see us. So absence makes the heart grow fun. fun very good. Uh, Pope, there was something that happened in the NRL on the weekend, which was a rare feat. We saw some points raining down from above. I don't know if you ordered that or not, but uh, talk to us about some of those events. Well, they were playing, they were playing for charity over the weekend in, in NRL mug, Benny for Brain Cancer Round, which... Obviously, certain organisations out there donated per try scored, and there were some tries scored. Two matches hit the eighty points barrier for the for the game, which has only happened twenty one times in the history of the sport. So, yeah. happened twice on the one weekend. It was it was raining points, and especially in a couple of those games. And logical the the logicals man Tommy Turbo again. Just it's a weekly event now. The Tommy Turbo show another hat trick for Turbo, and we'll probably discuss him a little bit later as the show goes on. Yeah, we'll touch on a bit of the stats later on, but there's hardly a game in NRL now where it's not either, eight, you know, 50 or 60-odd points or a massive blowout. And, and Benny, just, just on that 80 points, could you put that into context from an AFL points perspective for us? Like, what would that mean in terms of, like, if you were going to translate that 80 points into AFL, what would that mean for an AFL game, do you think? Well, I think probably a 300-point game. Yeah, wow. So it's... Yeah. It's amazing, isn't it? You know, just what we're seeing in the NRL at the moment. Um, logical, there was a um, young man running around for uh, for Essendon on the weekend by the name of Harrison Jones, and I couldn't help but think he reminded me of another young player that was running around in long sleeves that made his debut about 21-odd years ago. I don't know if you've uh, caught a bit of his work, but it just a couple of those marks just reminded me of a young James Hurd emerging on the scene. Um, I don't know if you, you had any similar thoughts to that, but just the, 
I don't know. It's just something about that kid that's, uh, that looks pretty special. Yeah, probably a James Heard, but these days they carry mullets and they probably doesn't have the narcissism that James Heard does. But he does, he does, you know, have the timing that's similar to James Heard and, and, and really did clunk a few, didn't he? I think he's. Uh, I think he's, all these young blokes too are about five centimeters taller than uh, than their contemporaries as as well. Um, logical. You're, you've got two or three men. I might. Uh, I might. Might add of interest. You had everyone's favorite redhead, uh, Gary Rowan, putting one through after the siren. We had your man Josh Bruce kicking them from everywhere, and then your favorite fatty, Jake Stringer, ripping a game apart. I, I'm keen to get your thoughts on here because I was very interested to hear that Jake Stringer's finally got himself fit and lost eight kilos. Can you believe that? Yeah, Jakey, I've, I've, I've actually been, used to be a bit of a fan of Jake's and he, and he can deliver, as you know. Uh, it's just a shame he can't do it week by week. But it's funny how he has one big game and they're talking about $700,000 a year contracts and the like. Jeez, the media can just the media's got a real recency bias. One week recent don't they? they just get a little bit carried away. Unbelievable. I, I just thought it was more of an indictment on Stringer that he had eight kilos to lose. Um, how do you have eight kilos to lose at this level? But uh, but anyway. Yeah, and it was good to see our good mate Donuts Rowan get a kick a winning goal. It was a great game. Uh, <laughs> he, he's playing his best football ever, old Donuts, but you know, when it comes around the finals, he just he hasn't ever really delivered, has he? And, and maybe this is the year. Uh, if I was, if, if I recall correctly, too, what, didn't the Cats overhaul the doggies last year? I'm pretty sure uh, Gary Rowan kicked a couple of important goals or laid a couple of important tackles in that game last year. So, geez, they uh, they, they wouldn't like the sight of him, the uh, the doggies. Now, boys, what did we see over the weekend in regards to some bad beats? Well, in the AFL, I think that would probably be probably to be the one. That, you know, it was a pretty tight game all the way through. So, you know, you'd be disappointed if you backed the dogs and got beaten on with a kick after the siren. But but it, it never felt safe one way or the other. And then the other one was probably the Hawthorne-Essendon line. You know, Hawthorne were well and truly in that, and Essendon covered that very late. Yeah, and uh, and I actually had that one written down as well, logical. Hawk linebackers, um, some bad kicking from Hawthorne. Jeez, I don't, I don't know if you saw the expected score there, but... Um, Geez, Hawks probably should have won that game um, pretty easily in the end. You know, we missed some shocking uh, shots at goal. So, yeah, that would have been a bit of a tough watch if uh, if you're on that one. What about over your way, Pope? Anything over there? We're going to commiserate with Sangam multi-punters this week. Mugs, so Melbourne Storm match, they scored 12 tries, 10 try scorers in the match. Everyone was scoring at one point in time. I think that they had not first nine First nine tries they scored had nine different players, but the Fox couldn't get over for one. Ado Carr couldn't couldn't cross the straw. So we had <laughs> they had ten try scorers in the winger, the main winger, the main man for the Storm couldn't get near it. So if, I think they would have knocked out a lot of same game multi punters bets in that match. Yeah. So unfortunate for them. <laughs> That's a great call, uh, Pope. I, I would love to know uh, the stats at uh, one of the big offices to know how many same-game multis anytime try scorer Josh Adokar goes into. I'd imagine he's a pretty popular selection um, down there at the office. So uh, that would be an interesting stat. I don't know if we could get our hands on that for next week's show. But, uh, but yeah, a bit stiff, perhaps, the punters. Every man and his dog's going over except the fox. Very good, very good. Um, well, Logical, are you ready to do some games? Let's do it. 
All right. The first game we're going to talk about Thursday night. Very exciting uh, game coming up here. Brisbane hosting Geelong at the Gabba. Brisbane $1.68. Cats uh, $2.19. Line opening up at four and a half. Getting out to six and a half in some markets now. Big game, Logical. What are you seeing? Yeah, it's interesting. These are the these are the games that are starting to loop back around. We hadn't seen that much this year, but we they've already played each other earlier on the season, which was a cracking game and a poor decision late, which gave the Cats a game. So the Brisbane probably should have won that match. Ratings-wise, well, since that game, between them, these two teams have only lost one game. So that was Brisbane losing to Melbourne. So they've been probably the two best teams in the comp since then, and, and they, their ratings have both gone up. But at the time of that game, Geelong was what not rated as highly as they are now. They're the one that's probably improved the most. And and should this game be at a neutral game, ground, it, the, the odds suggest that they would be favourite at the moment. I, I like the, what what they're doing. The Cats, um, they can they lose Duncan, which is really unfortunate. He may be out for the rest of the season, and he is a big loss. But they did get Danger back last week, and I think that you know Guthrie's back from a few weeks ago as well. Brisbane gets Zorko back. But I just really like Geelong on the side at the moment. And they do play the Gabba quite well. I think the Gabba suits them suits them well, as we saw in the final series last year. Stewart really plays it very well. He was he was elite last year. So for me, I, I, I quite like Geelong this game. Yeah, well, that's interesting because uh, we don't often disagree on our selections, logical, but um, I'm against you here. I, I actually like Brisbane. I think... Um, Duncan is out, and I think Toma, I don't know if we've got 100% confirmation on him yet. He had some sort of strange neck injury on the weekend. He might be a little bit doubtful. Zorko back, Brisbane's uh, home ground. Um, yeah, I, I could only be on Brisbane here, so uh, Brisbane for me in this one. Okay, very interesting there, Mark. Um, I, what, I haven't heard anything talking uh, they said it's a watch on his neck at the moment. That's what I'm saying on the side at the moment. But I'd, be, I'd expect him to play. Yep. Okay. Well, there you go. The boys head to head on that one. Uh, next game is uh, Saturday daytime down at Hobart again, North Melbourne go. So they're hosting the Gold Coast Suns. $1.77 North Melbourne, Gold Coast $2.10. Um, this has been pretty steady at around about three and a half. I think may have just trimmed up to two and a half uh, in some markets. Um, logical Gold Coast aren't going uh, really well. And uh, North Melbourne are starting to, I don't know, maybe put it together is maybe a bit too too generous, but they are playing better than what they have done um, for, for the year. I just think here down at Blundstone Arena, um, with a bit of weather, I spoke to someone in Hobart this morning. It was minus five down there this morning. Uh, it was a little bit chilly, so I don't think the Gold Coast Suns boys are going to like a chilly Saturday afternoon. Um, I'm with North Melbourne here. I don't think there's any rush to go out and back North Melbourne straight away. The uh, the models are well against them, um, but uh, but I think we can get a price here. I'm quite keen to be backing North uh, at the jump. Uh, are you seeing anything here? You're dead right. I think the Suns in the last six games have lost five and their percentage is like 69%. And their last two losses have been horrible, spiritless. Like they got smashed across the Frio with undermanned for our side and Port just they were just doing circle work last week. It's a real shame they're not playing well at all. And they're going to lose a couple of key players as well and Swallow and Weller. But they do get Fiorini and Ainsworth back in, but they're not they're not great replacements. Sam Collins has missed the last two weeks. 
I'd like to see him play if, if I had any interest in the Gold Coast. He's the one who does have a bit of spirit for them. Yeah. So, and he's and he's been a big laid out the last couple of weeks. I, I don't really like the game at all. Uh, you can't, you know, I, the Gold Coast, you know, for a big part of this season have been a far better side than the Kangas, and the Kangas are still pretty horrible. But you're right, they go better down there. So I'll be just probably just shouldering arms. Yeah, I, I I just think that this is a game that North are really going to set themselves for. I'm sure they'll see this as a game that they can they can get a W in the column, and and they've been you know I mean they haven't had a lot of success. So I, geez, I I reckon those Gold Coast boys are going to get a pretty fired up North Melbourne this week, and uh, and I'll be uh, looking to back them at the jump. Yeah, I, I, in saying that, I don't think Gold Coast would be not seeing this exactly the same way. As, you know, big chance to get a win as well. Yeah, um, well, that that may well be the case. I just don't think they're going to like it down there at Blundstone Arena, that's for sure. Um, anyway, I'll be back in North Melbourne. So we're going to talk about uh, West Coast and Doggies in a moment. Before we uh, skip on to that logic, I just wanted to track back over the GWS uh, Hawthorne game because um, GWS were due to play up at Giant Stadium against the Hawks and, uh, and they opened up. Uh, I think around about 23 and a half points might've just uh, trimmed up to 22 and a half. We know the markets aren't up yet for that particular game, but taking in consideration some, uh, the home ground advantage swing uh, from giant stadium back to not just a neutral venue, back to the MCG, the home of the Hawks and a, and a ground where giants haven't prevailed or haven't done so well. What sort of calculation do you go through here and where can you sort of circa see that line uh, coming out? Yeah, so this game was suggesting that GWS were around about 16-point favourites uh, on a neutral ground to Hawthorne and then because of home ground advantage, it pushed that line up to the, the 22 or 23 that it was yeah, the market was out there. I think it will push back at being at the MCG. It'll have Hawthorne. Around about, sorry, GWS around about a six-point favourite for this for this game. I think that at that price, I'd be pretty keen on GWS, but we'll we'll see what see what the bookies produce. Yeah, and uh, and I was anticipating that uh, a little bit as well. And from a uh, uh, and where would that see the head-to-head price come out? Would that be sort of that two fifty sort of mark, two fifty dollar fifty range? Is that where you see that? Or yeah, no, it'd be probably about around a dollar sixty-six GWS favourites. Dollar sixty six, yeah, okay, and and where does that leave the uh, the Hawthorne price? Uh, if you're talking one hundred percent, you know, it could be a dollar seventy two two thirty eight, uh, and it could, but it marginated to be looking at about two thirty. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, up up until uh, eight thirty six now, up until about forty five minutes ago, I was still getting some three seventy matched on Betfair uh, for the Hawks. Um, so it's just. Uh, just amazing that um, you know there's some guys pressing the buttons out there that that probably uh, haven't uh, haven't checked the <laughs> what haven't checked the AFL website. So uh, that was a little interesting uh, thing there that I saw. Um, but uh, but yeah, look, um, it just goes to show I think for the listeners just that importance of the home ground advantage and what impact that can have on the market. You know, it's, sometimes you can be guilty of just thinking, oh. GWS, they'll still be 15, 16 point favorite, but it has a, a, a great, you know, much greater bearing than that. And um, yeah, we'll be interested to see when those markets come out. So thank you for that insight, Logical. And Sunday afternoon, uh, Logical, we've got the West Coast hosting the doggies. Really looking forward to this one. 
Um, opened up here around about one and a half and uh, gone out now to three and a half. Uh, now we've got uh, $1.77 uh, West Coast and $2.10 uh, the Doggies. Could be a little bit of weather around perhaps, but uh, what are you seeing here? Yeah, West Coast have been waiting for this for a long time this season. They, I think they're nearly getting back to full strength this week by what looks like they're going to get Shuey, who played the waffle on the weekend. Shepard recovered from concussion. Kelly and McGovern look like they've come back from knee injuries. So they're getting the band back together at home, starting to get some good form. I could only be on the West Coast. I'm, almost, I'm a little bit disappointed it's moved from where it is to three and a half. Still haven't decided. I'll probably wait and see if they all come back, see if I have a bet on that, but I would not be on the doggies, I don't think. Yeah, I, I thought it should be around that pick'em mark and um, and it's not too far away from that. So I, I probably don't have too much uh, betting interest uh, in this one myself, um, other than probably just cheering on the dogs just to uh, hopefully uh, <laughs> put the West Coast to bed. Otherwise, we're going to hear about it next week uh, on the show. Well, I'm going to hear about it next week on the show if West Coast can clean up the doggies. It is a massive game. I, I think if West Coast lose it then they could be they could you know they, they're still not definitely in the eight but if they win this they're a serious contender they've beaten the doggy they've beaten richmond the two teams port and sydney play each other Geelong and brisbane play each other so two of those teams are going to have a loss they'll be getting pretty close to the four with a, a reasonable run home they'll be steam you know they'll be in great form so there would be a, a, a huge it's a huge game for them and your boy willie was back at training which was great to see wouldn't ride off him coming back for the finals as well. So there could be some real momentum. Our good friend Jack Dickens says momentum is one of the most important things and they will have that if they win this game. <laughs> no, it is important. I um, I think I saw on the AFL website they're saying that Willie could be um, only going to need a training block of four weeks or something like that and he'll be back. So um, no no practice games or warm-ups or anything for Willie, just straight in. So, um, yeah, that'll be awesome to uh, to see him back. And, uh, yeah, it will be good to see West Coast getting their, uh, their full team back. So looking forward to that one to see how they go. I, uh, think, I've seen, I think I saw this previously with West Coast in another season where they, they really struggled earlier in the year and they got their band back together and they, they quickly became one of the highest-rating teams again. And I, and I do think they have the potential to do this. And I think, you know, the futures prices, when I look at them, they're the one team that I, I think that the value is there because they, they have got the ability to do it. They did it in, they've done it, done it in previous years. They won a flag recently. So I think. And we haven't had any uh, futures uh, bets for a little while, Logical. Uh, is there anything that's sort of um, getting you excited from a futures perspective, whether it's riser or minor or top four or uh, Brownlow or anything like that? Is there anything that you're sort of sniffing around? Well, that's probably just the one. That's the one I backed this week, or I think last week was West Coast to win the flag. I think there was eighteen dollars on Betfair, and I think you can still get sort of fifteen fifty yeah, out there, or something like that. Yeah, I think it's still still reasonable. The the minor premiership, it's, we're just we're just cheering the D's home and hoping they can hang on and, and not fall off a cliff, which you know like it's not not beyond them at this stage. But hopefully they can rebound from the bot by pretty well. And then Rising Star and Brownlow, you know, I was pretty big on Tom Green. He's had a couple of mediocre games, so it's it's still pretty open, the Rising Star. I think a lot of other players could now, you know, put, put a few big games together. But if if, if Green re- recovers that form, then I can still see him winning it. Yeah, okay, awesome. All right, mate. Well, uh, always great to, great to uh, chat some AFL. 
Now it's time to talk some NRL with the Pope. Okay, Pope, State of Origin Game 2, and the timing could not be better with the COVID outbreak in Sydney. I don't know what they would have done there this week. So no games of NRL this week. It will be interesting to see what they do next week. We have the we go to Brisbane on Sunday night at, at 7.50. The punters have really found New South Wales here. I think it was opening five and a half out to now, 13 and a half. How are you seeing this one? It's an extraordinarily high number, logical one. It's 13 and a half, 14 and a half, and there are reasons that were there. Again, Queensland's got injury crisis. Colonel Ponga out again, Harry Grant out in the last couple of days, which is huge for them. But the number, the number's too big for me at at fourteen and a half. It's it's the biggest home ground advantage in rugby league, Queensland. It's at Suncorp, and there's some stats here for you, logical one to to back that up. But Queensland won twelve of the last thirteen at Suncorp. Seven of the last ten series have gone to a side. So regardless of where teams are at, this format of football is designed to go to a game three. Like it's it's a huge line, and there's such a recency bias here. We're going to be on Queensland at that number and that head-to-head will we'll be betting into the 4, 450. Whatever happens, Queensland getting belted in origin isn't new recently. The last three years, sorry, in the last four years, lost three games by 20-plus. So they've been hammered in games, isolated games, since 2017. And two of those, in the following game, two of those they won and the third one they lost on the on the buzzer. So they can bounce back after a after getting belted, and I can see that happening here. I think they'll be up for a series on the line at the spiritual home of rugby league up there. I think they, I think they bounce back and certainly keep this a lot closer than the fourteen and a half the bookies are offering at the moment. Yeah, okay, and and Pope, I, I will challenge you there. You have given some stats over the recent seasons, but the game has changed a lot this year, and and that has to have some impact. And I'm I'm assuming that's why the punters are potentially backing them, and and. Talking about the game has changed. I wanted to talk to you about that a little bit whilst we haven't got any NRL games on. This year, there's been a big percentage of minuses covered. Can you tell us what percentage of uh, NRL minuses have been covered and also what percentage of totals have gone over? 64% minuses have covered, logical one, and, and 62% of matches have gone over in 2021. So it's very much about points getting scored and favourites winning comfortably at the moment in, in NRL. That is, they are crazy numbers. I, I, in my following NRL and AFL over the journey, that that always sits at around that 49 to 51%. It doesn't, might go to 52%, but for 64% of minuses to cover and, and over 62% of the totals to go over, especially when we're having quotes of 60-odd points. So... Getting off track a little bit, but I, I think that's probably a good reason for that move is that they think that when teams are on top, they just keep they just keep killing them. And so that's that's probably the, the sentiment there of the punters. Yeah, it's and, and it's probably true. And titles in for a big number as well for Origin. It's extraordinary at 46 and a half. But as I say, like for the most part, Origin is a different a different game to a regular NRL match. And I think you're gonna see that play out to some extent in on Sunday night. It, at least Queensland keeping it close for a period of time and to that new world, so to speak, that might come to fruition late and you see the Wales run away with it, potentially. But it's it's a huge number for what is a huge home ground advantage that they have. And there are some other facets there that they get Josh Papaliti back. Queensland, Christian Welsh went off early in, in game one. So the, 
with concussion, if that doesn't happen in game two, which you, for the most part you don't think it would, then their forward stocks are better served. So I just think a lot of origin is played on emotion and bouncing back after you've been after you've been humiliated or been comfortable. Like the so many instances of the team coming back and and winning or at least being competitive on emotion, logical one. And I think that happens on Sunday night. Okay, so in the first game, Queensland took a couple of players to that underdone. Were those players in better condition now and that and ready to go? Well, there's a little bit of deja vu, but they seem to be making the call early. So Harry Grant got injured on the weekend club footy. They've made the call early. He's not playing. He's a massive loss. So there is a world where you'd want him to give him the last minute, but they've clearly learned from their mistakes in game one. Caelan Ponga, they ruled out early. So they've decided to go and fit players, and which I think is learning from their mistakes in game one. And even if they're not the calibre of player, they've, they've obviously seen the error of their ways from from the first game. So already there's a change of approach there that they're taking. And with it has come risk. So they've picked an 18-year-old who's played seven first-grade games at fullback. So and that's a, that's a huge amount of risk, but that's part of that edict that I think they want to have guys who are 100% going into this game. Logical one. Yeah, it's a big storyline. And that was so much so that made Victorian news down here this week. And you don't very often hear that on rugby league. The guy seven years, seven games is playing his debut in origin. Moving on to some exotics, uh, player of the match. Oh, this is what I love, the exotics of in, our, in origin. I'm guessing I think I know where you're going to go here, but how are you seeing this? Well, there's some – If I'll talk from both sides of the equation here, logical one. I think if you're on Queensland, it's hard to go past – it's hard to go past Melbourne's man, Cam Munster, at $14, $15. He is the favourite in that market. But if Queensland win, you're basically saying he wins it one in every three or four, which sounds like a lot, but this is a guy who basically won in a series last year. He got two man match performances and in the game that they lost comfortably, he was concussed early. So he's a talisman. A lot of this is about narrative as well. So the focus will be on months if Queensland right the wrongs of game one, he's probably going to be heavily involved in that renaissance, so to speak. So I think at the juicy price, if you if you like Queensland, which I seemingly do, then that's a really attractive price. The other one is to the 18-year-old that we just spoke about, logical one, Reese Walsh, the 18-year-old from the New Zealand Warriors, who's played seven first-grade games. So, again, the narrative is playing in a highly dominant position in rugby league fullback. So, to that, if Queensland turn around their performance and he has a decent game, you think he's probably going to get talked about a lot. He's going to be in the forefront. He's a flashy kid. He can do things with the ball that, Others can't, and he probably stands out the game. So I think he's about thirty to one. So so he's probably worth worth a pop on that basis. That he's he's probably going to be in the game if they're close, and he, he's worth a shot at what is a really big price for a dominant position or a or a position that's highly influ- influential in the league. Yeah, well, you know that the fairy tale story and the mentions that he's going to get during that game if he goes well is going to be enormous. Yeah, and and there's a couple others too. So. Again, a storyline plays a big part in these things. So guys who probably didn't play in game one, and if they come out in game two and Queensland turn around performance, they're going to probably be attractive because they're going to be seen to be some sort of the reason that they that they have come out with improved performance. So guys like Ben Hunt, even though he's come off the bench, he's 66 to 1, 80 to 1. He'll come on at hooker. He, he's probably one who said, oh, look, he played game two, didn't play game one, and, and he's part of the reason Queensland have gone well. So those sort of narratives take on a little bit of a, life of their own in origin. So we'll be looking down those angles, especially. From a Blues perspective, I think Teddy, James Tedesco, is 
getting out to a bit of a price here. It, it's rare that you see Tedesco on third line and betting, which he's getting to now, logical one around $8. So I think we like that. We can't go without talking about Turbo as well. And I continue to underrate the man, but for a centre, and I know he played a different role in game one, but the $6, $7 is, is a really short price for him and, and it's respecting what he's doing in the game at the moment. But I can see a world where they change how they play a little bit and Turbo might be used a bit more as a decoy or operated differently. Like they've got so much class in their team that they don't need to go through Turbo necessarily and other guys using him as some sort of decoy or um, dummy option and getting other guys in the game might be something they employ a bit more often in game two. Yeah, and I think the other one that I really want to talk to you about is Cherry Evans. He's a bit of, a, a bit of an enigma, Cherry. He hasn't really ever stood up too much in origin, I don't think. He, he's a reasonably just big price. He plays a very important position. To, what are your thoughts on him? Yeah, it's, it's a good point. And his price is starting to drift in origin games in, in terms of the percentage chance he is winning the award if, he, if his team wins, which is rare for a captain and halfback. But I think he's probably worth worth a bet. There's potentially only four or five goals he might be able to win it for Queensland, the award. And again, that narrative, he is the captain of the team. He's going to be leading the team, bouncing back off a 40-point loss if, if they do win. So 25 to 1 for a halfback captain. Even though I agree with everything you said there, Ian, he can go missing in big games. I, I do think he's probably worth investing in, in that in that narrative that if he has a reasonably good game, he, he could be deemed favourably in an award like that. Okay. I, I genuinely hope you're right because we always want a, a live origin series and, and I do think that the overreaction is there I, and, and I love the bet on Queensland. Anything else you see in the match outside of that and the exotics? No, we'll see in the game one. We'll go down a bit of a we'll go down a bit of a try score angle closer for subscribers of the mailbag um, over the weekend. Logical one, but uh, we might we might save that and do a little bit of a deeper dive into what might uncover Sunday night. But those those man of the match ones are a bit of a taster, and we'll obviously tip tip it up for the mailbag come the weekend. Okay, thanks a lot, Pope. Uh, I think that's, uh, if you've got nothing else, I think that's it for the show and uh, we might uh, head over to to our favourite man, the mug, to sign us off. I will I will add, sorry, logical one. There is Women's Origin on Friday night too that we'll tip up for our subscribers at the mailbag on Friday afternoon. We'll give some bets from there for the women's game on Friday night. I can feel some value coming on there. Special, uh, special inclusion for Origin Week. I love it. Gamble responsibly, but more importantly, gamble to win.